Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to Inspire Church, a new inspirational and motivational broadcast that strives to empower men in a positive way, designed to educate, empower, and inspire even the busiest individual on the go over that first cup of coffee. Please join me in welcoming Gunter Swoboda, international psychologist, author, speaker, and producer. Welcome everybody to another episode of Inspired Change. Today's session is a little bit different because we're going to do the second Conversations with My Wife, A Current Affair. Um, she's sitting across from me smiling and now laughing. Um, but that's how I see it. I see it as really uh, a meaningful conversation between the two of us which we often do, we do that in the car, we do it, you know, sitting around in the house when we've got time, and we cover all sorts of topics. Now, in the last and the very first conversations with my wife, uh, Lauren and I talked about a whole bunch of stuff, but what I wanted to do, and she agreed with me on this, is to drill down into that broad bucket of stuff and pull out some of the things that are particularly meaningful at this point in time. And so when I listened to the podcast again, one of the things that stood out for me was that we spoke a lot about values. And so in today's podcast, one of the things that I want to do is to really expand that topic uh, and, and particularly from the point of view of values that are based within the sort of traditional stereotypical idea of masculinity. So those of you who are familiar with my work will know that I'm not talking about masculinity per se, but I'm actually talking about patriarchy as an ideology and the values that it's based on. So just as a refresher, the four patriarchal values that are clearly identifiable uh, being territorial, about being hierarchical, being acquisitional, and being competitive. And if you look at those very simply in in the in the context of the fabric of our culture, you'll start to see how deeply those values run. Not just for men, but these are particularly also values that have had major impact on women and women in a sense exploiting those values just as much as men do so let's dig into it so um i'm going to hand this over to you a little bit in the sense that i get asked all the time and people make comments all the time about what are values what's morality what are ethics and much less so interestingly enough but What about laws? So let's start with a bit of a definition around values. What do you see that being? It depends on how we are thinking about that concept. So if we take it to its very basic level, it's what we value. So um, from an individual perspective... It would be um, the sort of things that we think are important um, and hold value in some form or other. And then there's this other usage of it that a lot of people have now where it's collapsed into their understanding of morals and moral value. So there's two different ways that we use that word. We use it in a very um, pragmatic everyday sort of way um so like i value mcnuggets or chicken drumsticks 
or perhaps you value um, healthy food as opposed to um, fast food because there is an intrinsic value in healthy food in that it is good for you, which is also an instrumental value because it's good for you. It has um, a value in what it does. Mm. Whereas when people start talking about values in the middle of a construct of morality, they're talking about a very different set of values um, that you prefer chicken nuggets to celery is a very personal value. Yeah, I just but, want to put a disclaimer out there that I don't prefer chicken nuggets. <laughs> no, that's true. But say, um, but it is showing people that that is a very simple look at what's valuable. Yeah, from an individual. Okay, so how's that? How's that then different? from morals morals are based on quite significant different levels of value if you think about um, say the classic moral of not killing people now that is a moral idea that most societies have had it is um, an idea that is part of most um, religious practice that it's not appropriate to go around killing people, that it's wrong. The word wrong denotes that, that value that of it's good or bad. Oh, the value. The value. We value life. Yeah. Therefore, it is wrong to take life. Why we value life can be taken back down to a very simple and um, sort of instrumental perspective in that we like to be alive ourselves, we like the people we care about to be alive, so it has a value to us. Um, we see death as being an interruption in life that we don't want, even though we have to accept that it is a reality that will happen eventually. We certainly don't want it to happen before its time. So we have throughout societies um, all over the world come to a conclusion as societies, as groups of people, that taking people's lives away from them before their normal time frame or outside of normal incidences such as you know, illness or accident is wrong. And the word wrong denotes the moral idea. So, so values is good values versus about, bad? Values is good versus bad. Moral, Moral is right versus wrong. Mm. So we've overlaid our value of life with the idea that it has um, a higher value than just valuing lettuce over chicken nuggets. Mm. It's a much more important value. Mm. And it denotes the fact that all the things we value about ourselves have, in fact, a hierarchy mm. in many ways, which is not a bad hierarchy, such as a patriarchal one. It's not divisive. It's explanatory. It's a, yeah, and it's, it's about complexity. Yes. So would you then sort of agree that morals are a system of beliefs that are derived from values? Normally, that would be um, a good way of putting it, that um, we have created in various forms um, as societies systems of moral belief that are laid on top of what we as people value. Mm. So when it comes then down to laws, right, which what... I would say laws should be or would be derived from intrinsic values to a system of morality that is then codified into a set of rules or laws. Is, do you see that there needs to be a connection between those? It's important to understand that laws are not something that 
have existed um, the way we experience them now mm. for the whole of human history. No, they're relatively recent. I mean, yes. the first codified laws were, in fact, by Hammurabi. Yes. Um, so let me throw something else in there, okay? So we go values, morals. What about ethics? Ethics tend to be morals in action. So when we talk about ethics, although we collapse those things, mm. um, when we're talking about ethics, we're talking about putting our morals in action. Yeah. So ethical behaviour yeah. is um, the behaviour that fits with the overarching moral belief of what is right and what is wrong. Mm. Um, so it would be... And usually um, when we're looking at ethic ethics we're looking at how we are behaving around other people mm. what we are doing in our behavior that impacts on other people yeah so if we come back to the patriarchal values that we talk about okay mm. so territorial territoriality hierarchy acquisition competition um, I'm going to play devil's advocate why, why are they fundamentally a problem why are they wrong why are they wrong? I mean... Okay, so let's take hierarchical um, focus. Hierarchy is divisive. Mm-hmm. Now... Because? It sets some people at more value than others mm. because this, again, collapses with value. So a hierarchical um, approach to uh, society which is what we're talking about with patriarchy, is that some people have more value than others. That um, they, therefore, are more important. Mm. That their needs should be met before others. That, in fact, perhaps society could be structured around their needs as opposed to the needs of those who are not as valuable and not as... Important. So this raises the issue then of privilege. That's right. Okay. Um, so in that hierarchical context, so if I'm on top of the hierarchy, couldn't I then argue that, well, because I'm at the top of the tree, I have privileges that you, for example, as a female, shouldn't have. Well, that's the whole um, construct of hierarchy. But then you have to look at what is in fact justifying that hierarchy. What provides, what gives you the privilege that would attract more goods um, and... What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. More importance and more status and more money and more wealth and, and more power. Why would you have that? given that we are both human beings. Well, again, I'll keep playing devil's advocate. Well, I've got more money than you do. So this comes down to values. We say money is so valuable that the more you have, the more important and special you are. Okay. So why don't you just work harder and get the same amount of money as me? So this is where we look at how societies have been constructed to ensure the privilege of some and the um, potential for others to get to a place where they might attract the same privilege needs to be tightly controlled. Otherwise, that privilege no longer exists. If everyone has the same thing and everyone has the opportunity to have the same thing, then it loses its value as something special. So, of course, if you've got privilege, you're going to ensure that that privilege remains more valuable than not having that privilege 
So as a as a white male, right? Um, there's a part of me, the vestigial part, like my appendix, which is completely unnecessary in a medical term. I sort of, you know, go, well, you know, that's sort of attractive. Why would I want to give this up? Well, of course, that's the problem, isn't, isn't it? it? <laughs> that is the major problem, that those with privilege never want to give it up. Mm. Um, Neither with wealth. You know, even those who do have a strong sense of wanting to share, of wanting to be more egalitarian, often will not quite comprehend how that interferes with their own self-conception of specialness. Again, I'm going to keep playing the game, right? So here's me, white privileged male, well-educated, perhaps not as wealthy as I'd like to be, but, you know, not bad. I mean, one of my clients asked me today, you know, how was my shoulder? And I went, terrible. And he said to me, well, how's life? And I said, great. Um, In many respects, I feel very blessed in that context. Um, So, but if I place myself completely into that ideological stance of the patriarch uh, it's seductive it's it's attractive you know I have my territory that I sort of dominate in Um, I have status I'm a professional I'm well regarded you know I have the opportunity to acquire you know not perhaps as much wealth not like Richard Branson or Bezos or someone like that but enough to make, you know, a comfortable living. I'm certainly not scratching for water or food. Um, and then, you know, by definition, that places me in a, in a place where I'm sort of competitive, you know. I'm, you know, some people would say that makes me fairly attractive. I know that there's, you know, lots of discussions within the men's space about why is it that, you know, the sort of alpha males get women for example now that's a whole new podcast on its own but it's that you know there's a lot of individual payoff in a sense for those values wouldn't you agree well you only haven't because you value personally that you are different by having them Mm. i mean would you still value those things if they were equally shared amongst others? Let's face it, everyone would like to be comfortable, to have um, their needs met, to live a life that they conceive of as being good, the good life. Um, So why is it that some people have the chance to do that while others don't. And if we look at the way our societies have been structured, the enablement of privilege is usually at the sacrifice of the unprivileged. Okay, so this brings us to a core point, and that's one of the things I really wanted to draw out, and that is that patriarchy fundamentally is an individualistic pursuit. Yes, because I could argue that, well, why should I worry about, you know, those, you know, bludgers on the doll and the drug addicts and, you know, those those people who just don't, don't quite fit into the community, you know? They might be a different colour, a different religion, right? So there's no real sense of connection with the other, is there? For someone who um, has no connection to the other, who does not recognise the interplay between all of us that creates the privilege they have, um, that creates the circumstances within which they are able to exploit resources more than other people can, um, means that it fuels this divisive, um, individualistic sort of um, abstract conception of human beings, which is, in fact, not right. 
humans are not abstract individuals completely disconnected from each other. Yeah, I mean, that's what, in essence, uh, Margaret Thatcher tried to argue, is that there is no such thing as society, that, you know, it's a bunch of individuals, you know, we we, we search out, you know, Ayn Rand took a, a similar view in many respects, her, her sort of, you know, approach to, you know, why we have hierarchies is that essentially those on top of the hierarchy are simply better than others. You know, there's going to be a whole bunch of people who would argue that on, on little fine semantic points, perhaps. But the reality is that her system of philosophy is, in fact, quite amoral. Or perhaps is it immoral? So define to me those two different aspects of morality. What would you say is amoral? Well, let's just take it outside of um, what you were just speaking about because I think there's two different things here. Okay. Um, I personally don't see that Thatcher had any sort of moral compass um, that drove her thinking. I think it was a very pragmatic approach based on um, a misconception of human connection and the reality that without connection humans would not, in fact, still exist. Our species has been so successful because we cooperate with each other and because we are connected and we are a relational species. We need each other in order to survive. Even the patriarch at the top needs everybody else in order to survive. Um, As to the difference between morality and being amoral or immoral amoral denotes someone who doesn't actually know um, about morality or doesn't understand um, moral concepts and therefore is unable to have a um, clear picture of what is morally right or wrong according to our societies because this is very much a human thing it doesn't exist outside of us as a group of people exactly um, and that's that's where i come back to that point yeah but is, immorality is where someone has been inculcated with their society's moral compass and viewpoint about what is right and wrong but still choose to do something that's wrong and against the moral good so against the convention yes because it is a convention, because morality does not exist outside of the human condition. It's not an objective thing that exists in the ether somewhere that we just pulled into play and went, you know, here it is, we're going to live by it. We developed it over time. Mm, mm. As so It's a vehicle yeah. that we use to help us live together in a way that works for as many people as possible, hopefully, patriarchy undermines that somewhat. <laughs> yes. Especially if we look at it at it historically. And I could go back far, far back to the agricultural revolution. Um, so let me talk bring in the, the, the values of making good men great, which are essentially about being inclusive, mm-hmm. being democratic. And I always talk about being respectful of others in that. You know, that being de- democratic to me has a whole host of sort of sub-values in a sense that fit together to support that concept. Being distributive and being cooperative. Mm. Now, from uh, a number of social sciences, anthropology, sociology and so on, I can argue that what made us as human beings successful was, in fact, the capacity to meet all four of those values. Would you agree with that? Yes. And if we look at it from the um, the very core beginnings is a small, the small group. Yep. So the, the family, family group. group. And if you can see where the whole patriarchal thing emerged was and why it ended up being the guy who was in charge is because within the family group the um, the process of cooperation and of decision making was 
taken over gradually by one person and that formed a bit of a template and so over time through all sorts of circumstances of human evolution um, in terms of our um, way of living between you know from hunter-gatherer to neolithic to agricultural that process became embedded in the way we ran our small groups and then our slightly bigger groups and then our really big groups and now our countries with looking at having someone to make the final decision. Yeah. And it's moved into a place where the person making the final decision had to always be the guy. And we gave so much importance to the guy who made the final decision that it became completely institutionalised in all facets of the way we created our societies so that we still have the guy. He's called the president or he's called the king or the dictator, but usually the guy. Um, occasionally nowadays for a brief... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Period of time, it might be a woman. But um, there's still that idea that there has to be someone who makes the final decision. Yeah. And so it's how we construct the values around those final decisions and who makes them and how they make them that makes the difference in societies. So a democratic society has this idea that everyone should have a say in what decisions are being made and how they're being made and that the guy is actually just a figurehead for a generalist decision-making process. Um, unfortunately, the way it's been implemented has not worked out quite that way. No, it certainly hasn't. Um, so let me, let me backtrack a little bit because I'm always fascinated by history and anthropology and so on. Uh, a certain anthropologist once suggested that one of the, you know, the biggest mistakes in human history was in fact the, the agricultural revolution because it gave men a shift in power mm. uh, mainly because of upper body strength so we sort of got there by default despite the fact that women actually took care of most of the production of food and clothing and so on the the actual um, tilling of the field the actual you know getting that plough was basically a man's job simply because he had more power in his shoulders and he could hold that gizmo the plough into the dirt and run it but you know he managed to leverage this over time into an extraordinarily privileged position right mm -hmm. now there was still in my view historically a certain level of cooperation in that you know it wasn't so much competitive that competition stuff I reckon came into play when we started to build bigger groups in a family who are you going to compete against your son? Well, you know, you might. But generally speaking, that doesn't pay off. So as a, if I come back into the mindset of the white privileged male, right, it, this, this thing, this system that we're constructing has got to pay off for me, right? And by definition, maybe for my immediate, you know, people that I'm relating to, like my wife, my children, 
bit of extended family and so on. But in the bigger picture, it's not that valuable, right? So embedded in that, and I'm, uh, the thing that I want to sort of draw out, because a lot of my work is around that, is how do I or how do we get men to shift out of something that in the short term is highly seductive, right? It, 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 it actually works for those individual men. I mean, if I look at the areas of, you know, the, the commercial environment, the political environment, the, the, the general community, you know, in a way, white privileged males have come a long way on that model, right? So the question is, if I'm going to give it up, I'm going to have to have something that actually is going to work better for me, right? Would you agree with that? Well, I think the thing that um, you have to remember is the even the king is not alone. It requires that everyone else agrees that the king is special. It mm. requires that everyone else is getting something from the king being special yeah, yeah. in order for it to work. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there is a a process by which the whole community is involved in creating a system where there is the guy in charge. Now, if you look at today's world, where um, the sort of ongoing process of patriarchy has left men feeling like they have to be the guy in charge, whether they like it or not, it means there's a hell of a lot of men out there who will never be the guy in charge because mm. you can only have a few of them. Mm. So everybody else is going to automatically fail. So there's going to be strong competition for that spot because it's valued. If you tease out what's valuable about it, it's power. The power to have all the decision-making processes in your hands. Now, that is seductive. It's very seductive. But what are you making decisions about? Well, it's also toxic. I mean, you know, being the guy in charge, uh, you, you're also inadvertently making yourself vulnerable, especially in a highly competitive environment. Someone else is going to want your spot. Well, and yes. they mightn't stop at anything to, to get that spot. You know, so hence, you know, we have a history of, you know, political assassinations, um, you know, children being abducted and, you know, because they happen to be in line in the dynasty, uh, all sorts of things. I mean, the Turkish, uh, the Ottoman Empire was basically based on a system where the brothers killed each other off and, until the last man standing. Yeah. So, so you know, in that, in, in that sort of, well... Privileged? I mean, I don't necessarily see that as a privilege. I see that as a liability. Well, this is where the whole th system has its flaws. Mm. It's, A, it relies on one person and, you know, not necessarily the best person to be in charge of everything. So their decisions control whatever else goes on. Um, secondly it leaves them vulnerable to someone else deciding they want that that spot. And this is historically how it's panned out. But if you think about it in the construct of patriarchy and ordinary men in today's society, what it's done is it's narrowed the vision of who they can be and what they can do to a very, very, very small little pinhead on the top of everything else. And not everyone can be there. Mm. So it sets them up constantly to be striving for something that they can never achieve. And in the meantime, failing to achieve the things they can, which would make them a lot happier and a lot more comfortable and satisfied with their lives. Okay, let me come back to introducing Ayn Rand, because Ayn Rand's argument in that would be that you as the male in that construct, or as even the female, just needs to work harder. You know, it's all up to you, right? Now, I think that neglects the whole idea that we've got a whole system that's actually stacked against, simply on numbers, a, a 
distribution of access to, you know, let's say power to to wealth, right? So in a, in in the social sense, it's toxic, but it's also toxic on the individual level. I mean, I deal on a daily basis with boys who have a, a very limited vision of their future. And one of the things that does is it either makes them anxious or it makes them anxious and depressed because they don't feel like they've got a lot of influence. But that's where we come back to values, you see, yeah. because um, at some point the value of being on top was agreed upon by everybody as something to work towards for those people who were in the position to have the opportunity to do so. We've always, as cultures, limited the pathways to power. Well, the economic rationalists would argue, well, there's the trickle-down effect. Right? Now, we know that that's been bullshit. Well, let's go back to Anne Rand, okay, and her complete misunderstanding of human life because we aren't individuals abstract and completely separate from each other no man is an island we don't function without that connectivity to each other we don't even learn how to speak or understand who we are without connection because it all happens in our relational social systems from the time we're born right through until we are grown up we are learning and right through till we die we are learning from others we are learning how to be in the world how to think how to feel how to experience and what to value from others so it's those boys have been raised in a process that tells them that the only thing they are valuable for is to achieve and strive for some nebulous thing called power or wealth or status. status. Um, And the only reason they're doing that is because they have not been given any skills with which to challenge whether those things are in fact valuable. Yeah, critical thinking. Yes. As you know, I did a couple of episodes on my own on the fundamentals of critical thinking Mm. and how we need to introduce that. So... Let's go away of trying to seduce patriarchs into becoming new, the new male, the new, you know, surfing a new masculinity, as it were. And, you know, we've established that, you know, certain sets of values have the possibility of actually being toxic mm. as opposed to others which uh, establish a foundation for well-being. Let's put it into that yeah. context, yeah. okay? So... You know, my experience in, in you know, that's the old thing, can you teach an old dog new tricks? Now, as a psychologist, and you're in the mental health field as well, and, and as a philosopher, and we know that that's possible. People can change. Yep. It's a matter of choice. Yeah. Okay? So, um, but it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of energy. So, one of the things that we're talking about then is where's a good starting point to bring together and make explicit the right sort of values that are going to lead to well-being. Because, again, you know, as you know, very well know, in our culture at the moment, in our society, especially in this area, we have a, a, a rising, rapidly rising deterioration of mental and physical well-being. People are working very hard on the physical well-being, hence the gyms are full and people are getting depressed because they can't get into the gym. But the, the, the psychological, the mental well-being, the mental health status is, is poor, really, in my, in my perception. Well, this is where we come back to thinking about what it is that makes a life worthwhile having mm. and um, what is going to work towards giving someone that sense of well-being um, and emotionally and intellectually um, and relationally with the people in their lives. And one of the major problems we have today is that we are still, despite the fact that it's created havoc for us, 
trying to focus on this idea of striving for constant growth, um, striving for constant success without challenging what success actually is. I mean, what is the concept of success? So, so many people have completely failed to grasp that being successful as a human being might not mean just having money and a big house and a big car and power over a few people in your office. Mm. Um, That having well-being may in fact rest in a whole range of different things Um, and most importantly in your connection to others, in your relationships with other people, in the um, capacity you have to follow your interests, passions, um, to be involved in aspects of life that do not get remunerated in vast quantities of money, in vast amounts of power over your little office or whatever. So, you know, Harvard University has been conducting a study over 75 years of men and, you know, there were three things that particularly stood out in terms of what helps men to live a long and healthy life. And the first one being in an intimate relationship, the second one being intellectually stimulated and active, I mean, that could be a broad band, Uh, and the third one is being being part of a strong social network. Those three elements have prog- have persistently been identified as the three core areas that we as men require. And I would argue it's the same for women. Yes. Right? Because, and, and this is where I get a bit narky in a sense, because if we're talking about values morals and ethics as being a fundamental cornerstone within human well-being individually and socially and the two are intertwined so you cannot be completely individualistic and be psychologically well right you have to there has to be an element of social consciousness involved in that and social connection right one of the triggers in men towards suicide is isolation and alienation Right, so what we've got to do is we've got to try to connect those dots better, and and I don't think we're doing that very well. We're certainly not doing it well in in the education system. Although all schools will tell you about their values. Oh, well, that's just that corporate speak stuff that everyone's gotten sucked into using. That's meaningless drivel. I mean, you know, people's values. Um, need to be based on something um, a little bit more fundamental than um, a vision that is really based on how to make money out of other people. I mean, the reality is... Well, that's exploitation. The reality is that a lot of our educational approach and a lot of our parenting approach has completely forgotten about the idea of character and virtue, that the person themselves should be working on who they are, that they should be given the tools and the support and the information that they need to think about what sort of person they wish to be Mm. and what sort of things they want to stand for in terms of values rather than who, you know, what they're going to do with themselves. Yeah. Okay, so here's the connection between philosophy, you the philosopher, me the psychologist, and that is that the neurological research with children and adolescents shows that Adolescents are resilient when they have been in a, through a, 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 a parenting process that emphasises emotional well-being, safety and security, and secondly focuses on their conduct, right? So doing the right thing. That's right. And the third thing is cognitive development. Now, our culture has flipped that on its head, and I keep talking about this. You know, we pay so much attention and we pay an enormous amount of money out to people who focus with children on cognitive development. And, and, 
and we're missing the point. Now, the other part of it is I think that, you know, from certainly my work with parents is that, you know, a lot of parents come to see me and they go, we need more rules in the house. And I go, no, you don't. Put the rules aside for the moment and look at using values and values-based relationship building and see what happens. Now, I talk in that context about three core values. One is about being loving, about being respectful and about being cooperative. And most parents who learn to be persistent and consistent with this in their relationship, in, in their meaningful conversation with their kids, come back and tell me how much, that, how, how much better that works than simply focusing on a bunch of rules. Because most kids are smart enough to argue till the cows come home about why that rules has got flaws and why it doesn't apply to me and, you know, da-da-da-da-da. They're bush lawyers. They're educated enough today to be able to take most adults to task, especially by the time they're 14. And that is a really good way of explaining the difference between values and morality. Yeah. The values that underscore moral ideas are the values that make life workable for human beings and that is that connectivity that cooperation that being there and doing what you do because you care about the other person and they care about you and it makes things work in a much more comfortable, satisfactory and loving way if you work together. And that's what moral ideas are based on, what works for us as human beings, living together, working together in a society together is the underlying reason why we have morality. And morality is the underlying reason why we have laws to regulate our wider lives outside of our families. And it, and it also requires that we have very clearly articulated ethics in that space before we need to get to the laws, in my view, okay? It, it's a bit like, you know, there's lots of discussion about corruption and so on currently in the public arena, and, and one of the key things that I see is fundamentally a failure of ethical principles that should have been derived from an understanding of values and morality at a social level, at a collective level. Laws are based on the concept of justice. Mm. They're based in a, dem- in a democratic society. Laws are based on the idea that everyone needs to be able to find their own path without impinging on somebody else. Mm. So the idea in a democracy is that everybody should have the opportunity to have a life that makes sense to them, to create their own life project. But you need to acknowledge that someone's life project might interfere with someone else's life project. Yes. That, you know, um, if you don't have any sort of regulatory process in place, then there'll be it'll be unjust. Yes. Some people will be able to have more than other people simply because they will impinge on other people's freedoms. So, yeah, I think the Banking Royal Commission demonstrated that really, really yeah, well. So ethics is that moral, that moral position in action. So my um, belief based in a value of honesty is that it is morally appropriate for every pe- everyone to be honest in an um, overarching social sense, so as in no... Th- no theft, um, not stealing other people's things, um, not telling lies about people or to people. That becomes a moral thing. Putting in action becomes an ethical thing and then regulating it socially makes it a law. Yeah. Well, after that sort of discussion, Lauren, I think that we've still uh, got a long way to go. 
in terms of getting this thing underway. If our public arena currently is a good example of living ethically, um, you know, David Attenborough said that on an ecological level, the planet isn't dying, we're murdering it. Well, that's right. But if we want to bring this back to um, how an individual person can deconstruct some of the patriarchal values that they have um, captured in the way they live um, so that they can make some changes in their lives, then one of the things they need to start exploring is what it is that they think is valuable about life and why they think it's valuable. Now, some people will still think it's valuable to be the guy in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, but a hell of a lot of people will rethink that plan and come to the conclusion that perhaps just being the guy who's loved and the guy who loves others is a better plan. Yeah. Alright, thanks for your time. It's been, as always, interesting and enlightening and um, my uh, takeout from this is probably more values less Prozac oh yes absolutely <laughs> and on that note we'll finish off thanks everybody for listening I hope this was a valuable hour for you to think and reflect about inspiring change for yourself and those around you until next time I'm signing off Thank you for listening to Inspire Change with Gunter. Gunter Swoboda does individual and group coaching for men looking to grow. For more information on this and the global Making Good Men Great movement, check out goodmengreat.com to get into contact. If you have a topic for the show or would like to be a guest on the air, please email producers at miranda at noartainment.com. That's Miranda, M-I-R-A-N-D-A, at Noirtainment, N-O-I-R-T-A-I-N-M-E-N-T.com. Thank you, and always keep inspiring change. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.